Welcome to the Health Fail Podcast, where we explore failure in healthcare from the highly publicized to the never before told stories of failures that have birthed healthcare transformation and innovation. I'm Stephen Cutberth, and today I am joined by Jamie Lagarde, CEO of Sidera Health. Jamie will be joining the podcast to share his extensive knowledge of the healthcare benefits world. Jamie, would you mind giving the audience just a little intro and kind of share why you spend your time trying to address failure in healthcare? Absolutely, Stephen. First, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure to join the Health Fail podcast. Um, healthcare is a passion for me. Um, you know, there, I can give you numerous examples, and if that's all we talked about on this podcast, we'd, that's all we would get to yep, is what yep. I'm saying. So let me just give you a couple of examples and some recent ones. You know, I would say my family's pretty healthy. I've got mm-hmm. three young boys and and, a, and my wife. And you know, when we were uh, kind of on our own, is when I was went through a period of time where I was self-employed and the pain and the frustration for getting health insurance just individually, not being a part of a company, uh, was just incredibly painful and expensive. Or the cost associated with the out-of-pocket costs on that same plan, just to, for a five-minute surgery of putting tubes in my son's ears because he had persistent ear infections. And so just the pain points of not only the monthly side of healthcare, but the out-of-pocket side of healthcare, those experiences that hit us personally um, are just some of the reasons that I get fired up every morning to do what what I do. Uh, I I think that is relatable to anyone listening. I, I don't care who you are. That that's something that we can all relate to, and it's and and not only do people who are self-employed or or, or individuals um, have this challenge, small businesses do too, right? The well, I'm going to call them the micro employers, or mm-hmm. the you know, if you're under ten, under fifteen employees, even under fifty employees, there does seem to be some relief for folks that if you've got a really well-run, self-funded arrangement for mm-hmm. a large employer. Mm-hmm. You don't hear them complain as much if they're any, but there's a lot of self-funded arrangements that are not well-run. Uh, but the, for me, the small employer and the individual, the family, are where where my personal focus is. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately those are the people who are affected by all this, right? The, those Absolutely. end users of healthcare. Absolutely. Um, man, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. So so thanks for that, for the intro and, and kind of why you're here and why you care about this, this stuff. Um, I'm excited to have you join us today. So we're going to have a conversation around health sharing, um, a topic that really does seem to be gaining a lot of steam um, and something that I really wasn't familiar with until the last three months. Um, so before we dive straight into health sharing, let's just get some context on kind of health benefits, the world, um, why health insurance has really reached the point where people are, are looking for alternatives. Um, so to do that, I'm just going to ask a question and let's have a conversation around it. Sounds good. What, what are the biggest health fails, right, in the health insurance benefits world right now? Well, we touched on them a little bit a minute ago, but let's go into a bit more detail. So I think what people are first and foremost concerned about is the cost, right? And it's and if you really want to have an honest conversation about healthcare costs, You've got to look at not only the monthly side of healthcare, but the out-of-pocket side as well. So, in a small business context, as a as a, an executive for a small company, when the insurance broker comes in, he's walking in and says, "Okay, we've got your uh, your health insurance plan, and uh, it, we've got the renewal, and there's a 15% price increase. But if we raise the deductible and raise the copay, and we raise the out-of-pocket maximum." We can get that 15% increase down to 7%. Well, yes, that, that lowered the monthly side of, of the cost, the premium in insurance terms. 
But what that did was is expose the employees and their families to higher out-of-pocket costs. And if you really want to create a win, you've got to address both sides. You've got to focus not only the monthly side of healthcare, but the out-of-pocket the out-of-pocket cost as well. Raising one and lowering the other doesn't really solve the problem. Um, so that's one thing that I'm very focused on and uh, personally. But I think that's the major issue that people are dealing with out of there. So that's that would be I'd say call I should really say point one and point two. Yeah, yeah. No, I think. Um that's something that's affecting everyone. Uh, ultimately, we all, whether we're self-insured or we're part of an employer, we're beginning to increase the cost, right? The cost share is shifting, I think, from the employer to the employee, as you were saying. And I think that's something that I saw in my previous role. I was a part of a major you know, major medical plan through an employer. And our uh, health deductible went up. I think we had a deductible of about $5,000. And I think we probably paid about $7,000 over the year in premiums. Um, we, you know, we had a baby last year, so I, I would say we were in the fifteen thousand dollars range just mm-hmm. for healthcare. That's that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. You know, it's it's great that you pointed pointed that out about um, the data of trend of employers and yeah. employees. And Kaiser Family Foundation has some fascinating data around the trend of not only what wages have done mm-hmm. since two thousand nine, ten, and they go back further than this. But then, what is what have premiums done? And, and this is just for groups, right? So, you know, what what premiums have done for groups in that period of time, and then what has the employee portion done? Uh, that you know, usually employees are paying for part of the monthly cost, part of the monthly premium. It's usually split between the employer and the employee. But when you look at that trend from 2010 to 2019, now this isn't what you see from this graph, and you look at wages total premiums and what the employees are picking up, this isn't sustainable. Something's got to change. And that and so this just just when all we're talking about right now is the cost side. Yeah. Yes, this yeah. is number one. It's not it's not the only complaint people have, but it is, in my opinion, the biggest one people have. Yeah, I've actually been doing some research on this for another project, uh, and I think I saw that the estimated cost to an employer per employee for health insurance benefits, health benefits, was was close to fifteen thousand dollars a year. That was the projected for twenty nineteen. Um, that's high. I mean, when you talk about small businesses and medium sized businesses, that's that's an expense that, in some cases, they might go out of business. So I, I don't want to jump ahead in our yeah, conversation. Yeah. It is feel, a big feel number. Feel free to. Well, no, it's, 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 a, it's a big number. When my wife and I moved off of our individual plan, yeah. um, and we went back and did an analysis of when we moved to something else, and we'll talk about it, it was a sharing subscription mm-hmm. membership. Mm-hmm. When we moved, um, our savings was $15,000 in the first year. And that was partial premiums, right? Yeah. We didn't yeah. have premiums anymore. Yeah. We, were yeah. part of a, we had a subscription as part of a sharing community. And we should ex- explain, we'll explain what that, that shortly. We'll explain, yeah. Yeah, we should yeah. explain that. Uh, and I, I was in. Da- I told you I'd be in it's danger okay. of jumping no, ahead. No, no, no. This is but a conversation. The, but but it was the but it was the out of pocket cost as well. Yeah. So adding those two things up is where the savings got generated. But let's go back to your list because I think it's a really good list of what are the other pain points people have. And so cost is definitely number one. I think another one that we've you and I have talked about in the past is limitations on who you can see, right? We you know, we have a great pediatrician. We love that pediatrician and we were really that was something that we considered when we were looking at alternatives, my wife and I, um, was that pediatrician on our list. So so how 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 is that a problem, I guess, in the health insurance world? Well, people just like you said, you've developed a relationship with a pediatrician, um, and if you change your health plan, you 
you probably don't want to change, throw away that relationship you've established, mm-hmm. right? And so, a uh, pretty normal, natural thing to do. But one of the ways that health plans can try to control cost is to say, look, we're going to pay this amount for a standard office visit. Uh, and if that works for you, great. If not, then you're quote unquote considered out of network. And so this whole in-network, out-of-network concept causes a lot of stress for people. I'm going to go off script a little bit here. One of the things I've seen recently is um, cost containment's huge, right, in health insurance. And, sure. and I, I saw that narrow networks were a strategy that some groups were employing to try to decrease costs. Now, my understanding of that is, and, and is that basically you're going to negotiate rates with a, with a small network, right, a very uh, uh, unique set of individuals, probably in your geographic region. Right. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, is that that a way to potentially decrease the cost? But again, I mean, the, 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 in, in the end, right, the, the patient may not be able to see the person they want to see. Yeah, I mean, it is a strategy and it can be effective at mm-hmm. controlling cost. But for me, you know, personally, I think it's important that people have a choice mm-hmm. and they get to choose where they want to go. I mean, if I were to summarize one of my core tenets in my belief around healthcare, it's that there needs to be more free market principles mm-hmm. in healthcare and not less. And so to restrict people kind of that's that goes against that concept. Now, you know, maybe people should have to maybe they have to pay more in certain situations. Um, you know, that's that's a that's a thought. But I don't I'm a big believer in freedom to choose where you go and to not people. And let's not tell them no about where they can go and where they can't. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think there are a lot of people who would agree with you. Uh, you know, we've attended a few different conferences around that free market medical concept. And I think that is a, a movement that's also gaining steam. Um, let, let's just shift a little bit here. This might be a little bit on the healthcare nerd side, but let's talk about MLR, the medical loss ratio that came out of ACA. That's something that I uh, learned about, again, in the last three to four months, and I just I just couldn't believe it. So can you maybe explain that a little bit and where it came from? Yeah, so it is one of the provisions of the Affordable Care Act. Uh, and when an insurance carrier has a cap on how much money that they can, uh, what they're really kind of limits their profit and mm-hmm. how much they can pull out of dollars for administrative costs and things like that. And so that, uh, the, when, when you really, and remember these, these insurance companies, they're for-profit companies with shareholders. And so what the government has told them is said, okay, you can only make up to this, you can only make 20%, mm-hmm. right? And so if that's the case, if they wanna show growing shareholder value, you've just taken one of their major levers away. So what can they do? Well, they can go compete for more market share. That's something they can do. But they're actually incentivized to have rates go up. So if, if and, and they're, they're, there's a disincentive for them to try to lower cost. That actually gives them a lower, a poorer <laughs> quarterly performance, which I, which, it's counterintuitive. Right. I, it, yeah, it's well, it, absolutely, it's counterintuitive. I, that the, this is maybe the biggest piece that I've learned. I think recently, where I just I say, man, I, I, I think I get I get the thought behind it, right? I get what they were thinking in terms of, um, you know, insurance companies shouldn't be able to just store up profits. They should have to spend that money on the patients they serve. Like I get the concept yeah. behind it. But the implementation and, and what it what it what it related into like what it, what it turned into, um, man, it just makes me shake my head. Yeah, it, well, that's that sometimes happens, right? There was a there was a well intended goal that went really off script and off um, what they were shooting for, and that, and I would say this was this was a miss. Yeah, um, and 
you know, so MLR is a it, it's it's if it's not the only disincentive in the chain of purchasing healthcare. If you think about the the, the broker, or you know the the health insurance agent, um, they have um, who pays them. In most cases, yes, they say they come in and they were working for you as the company. But in most cases, unless you're a large employer, most of the time the money is coming from the carrier, the insurance carrier, and so. And they're paid a percentage of the premium, right? In most cases, so they are there. There's no incentive there to see rates go lower either. Um, financial incentive. Now, look, there are wonderful health insurance agents that are out there. They do a fantastic job, but shouldn't we design a system where the incentives align for what we're shooting for as society instead of actually promoting the exact opposite of what we want? That that's how I would look at it. Yeah, and I would I would back you up to say we love brokers. I, I'm with absolutely. you there. Absolutely, absolutely. They, they do a great they do great work, and they're 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 very valuable in this world. But the the incentive structure is is misaligned. And I think um you know I think about someone like a David Contorno, uh, who's a who's a friend of ours, um, and in my opinion is doing great work and kind of kind of shifting that right. He he's actually making money based on how much he saves. Right. Right. Well, that's and that's where you're seeing. That's, that's it's it's like a blinding flash of the obvious, right? I mean, that's what we what you say. Hey, that just makes a whole lot of sense. That puts him or someone like him on the side of the table. Of, I mean, who's the payer? Well, the, the the who's the actual payer in healthcare? Well, it's the employer or the yeah. family. They're yeah. the one writing the check every month to pay for healthcare. Uh, and so I, I, I'm excited that there seems to be a bit of a shift going on, and I hope that momentum continues. Yeah, I would back you up there. So uh, that's a good, I think, transition point on the shift that's occurring in, in healthcare in general. Um, so we're here to talk about health sharing today. We, I think we've, we've discussed some of the issues. There's many, right? But okay. some of the health fails that are out there in this, this whole health insurance benefit world. But um, let's, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about health sharing and, and why it exists and, and, and what it is. So what I did to prepare for the show was what anyone would do. I Googled it, right? right. Health sharing. What, what comes up? Um, it's a mix of, well, a lot of ads, I'll say, like five ads on the top of the page, uh, and then a mix of positive and negative opinions toward the concept. Um, so maybe we can just help set this, the record straight here. Um, since this is something you're obviously very knowledgeable about, can you just help us understand what health sharing is and why it's becoming a popular, popular alternative? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, so what health sharing is, it's simply people who are coming together in community to share each other's medical bills. It, that's it. There's there's no uh, insurance in this at all. There's no policy. There's no transfer of risk. There's no guarantee, which may sound very strange, but these these sharing communities um, and there's a you know there's several of them out there, by and large part do a very good job of sharing the medical bills for their members. Um, and so for us in, in Sidera, again, it's, there's no insurance in this. There's no guarantee here, but our members, every eligible need has been fully shared and resolved since we started per our guidelines, which so every sharing organization has guidelines that say how we share, what we share, and, and, and how it works. So there's this one document that they, that they you know, that we rely on um, for the community. So that's what, the, so this, for me, sharing represents another option for people. People, everyone needs access to healthcare 
but health insurance is only one way to pay for it, mm-hmm. right? And so what we need, if you look at what happened in transportation, and you and I talked about <laughs> this before, in 2005, we had, if we wanted to get around, we had taxis, we had we own, our own cars, mass transit, or we could walk. Today, those options are still still around, almost 2020, but now we have Uber, we have Lyft, we have Cardigo, we have scooters, we, we have all sorts of options that didn't exist. The old options are still there, but we have, but people have choice. And so sharing, whether regardless of the sharing community, sharing works for a lot of people and it's a great fit for a lot of people, but not everyone. Sometimes it makes sense to go get insurance. Sometimes regardless, and it, it may have nothing to do with the health of the individual. Sometimes, many times insurance is a great fit, but I think people need, some people are priced out of insurance. And so what we need to do is give people more options at different levels so that they can choose what's best for them and their family. I have to say, your point on uh, scooters hits a nerve with me in Austin. So if anyone doesn't know what those are, <laughs> Lyft, and, uh, Lyft and Lime, I think Lime and Bird. and Lime and Bird. Oh, my God, they drive me crazy. If, you, if you're ever in Austin visiting, you're going to see a bunch of kids riding around on these little scooters. And, and I they're think actually... They're not supposed to ride them. They're not. You're right. And, need a driver's license. And they're actually probably going to contribute to more healthcare costs and premiums because people don't wear helmets. Uh, anyway, sorry, I couldn't resist uh, very true. throwing that in there. Um, so, so you know, more options. Sometimes the options we, we maybe don't want to exist. But so this whole concept, I've, I've become a fan. I should just say, you know, full transparency, I am now a member of Sedera, right? Um, I'm, I'm about two months into my membership and I'm learning as I go and it's been a process. But you know, when I tell people about it, there's always this kind of look of skepticism and they're like, well, but how does that, does that really work? Like, can you really reduce costs and still get good care? And if, if you know, if it's so great, why isn't everyone doing it? Like, do you, how do you answer that question when someone comes to you and says that? Well, it, it, it's a great question. I think that the, the, the number one, we get a lot of referrals. Yeah. And so what happens is it's personal testimonies of, the, of people you know who have it. And they say, well, look, I've had it for a year. I've had it for two years and I've had this incident happen. You know, and I can speak about our Sidera membership community. Uh, you know, people say, number one question we get, well, can you really deal with when there's really expensive bills? That Can those be shared effectively across the community? Uh, and you and I have discussed this. But we, I can give you countless examples of whether it's premature children or people with, un, you know, unfortunate cancer diagnoses or heart attacks or really stuff that, that is you know, very expensive and, and, and very sad, of course, for the most importantly for the, for the members that are going through it. Um, yes, the sharing community has been able to help them even with the, from big stuff to small stuff. So it, it, is a, it is different and there is, could you say that, okay, well, with insurance, there's a guarantee and there's a policy and everything else. Sure, and, and you know, so insurance makes a lot of sense for a lot of people, but the growth of the sharing communities in the last 10 years there's a reason why it's been so dramatic. People are looking for other options. By and large part, the sharing communities are doing a fantastic job of taking care of people, sharing their medical bills. And uh, I'm excited that ours is doing really well too. Well, isn't that really what insurance is, right? It, I think it, insurance, if you go back far enough, that's where it came from. It was it was coverage for a catastrophic event, or it was, you know, I am, um, I want to have I want to pay for this monthly, but really it's only going to hit if if there's a major issue that occurs. But I but it kind of feels like insurance has changed now. Health insurance, I should say, has changed 
where it's not really we don't, we don't think of it as as coverage for a major event. We think of it as like I need to go to the doctor, so my copay is X, my deductible is Y. It seems like it's gotten more complicated. Does that make sense? It, it does. I mean, you know, I would say what insurance was a long time ago has some similarities to what sharing is today. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if you heard about the Amish barn raisings, right? That's a that's a, a great example of a community of people coming together. A barn burned down, and we're gonna we're gonna build it back together for this member who's in need. Um, so yeah, there is there are some similarities there. Um, so yeah, I, I would completely agree with you. Yeah. Um, I, another concept I think that, that really pairs nicely with, with health sharing is a, is a DPC. Uh, and, and I think that's something that people listening may be interested to learn more about. Uh, there, there, there's, there's all these pieces, right. That, that kind of come together with health sharing that, that ultimately lead to the member receiving quality care and d- decreasing the cost. So how, can you talk about, about that a bit? Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm a big fan, as, as you and I have talked about, about free market in healthcare, right? And to minimize any kind of third-party payer, uh, you know, people have forgotten how to purchase healthcare. Mm-hmm. They, be, they, they feel like it's too complicated. And the reality is in non-emergency situations, people can shop for healthcare, um, just like they do in any other sector of the economy. So we make buying decisions every day when we go to the grocery store and we look at labels and colors and smell and we say, well, which, which package of soap are we gonna buy? And, and, and so we're used to making buying decisions in every other element of society except for healthcare. And folks, if we can figure out our cell phones and figure out which one to buy, <laughs> those are complicated devices, we can figure out how to purchase healthcare in a non-emergent situation. It's really fun to work with direct, um, you know, free market, other free market solutions. No, they don't directly in- integrate with Sidera. Sidera is its own sharing community and works, but it's fun when members see the light and they say, oh, wait a second. Okay, I can, I can shop for my healthcare too. I, I remember we had a, a member who had a, um, a needed a, a hernia repair in mm-hmm. North Carolina and they were at the facility that we're going to go to is the total cost was going to be around 25 to $30,000. Well, this was, this was going back like three years yeah. ago. Now that we, we called up the member and we said, look, we'd like to fly you in with a friend to Austin, Texas, where we're, our headquarters is. We're going to put you up at a four star plus hotel. Uh, see one of the, what, what, one of the, a really fantastic general surgeon here in town. Um, again, you've come in with a friend. We're going to cover all your incidentals like meals and again, your hotel fees. That's all taken care of. The surgery, the facility fees, the anesthesiology and anesthesia fee, all, all of this would be taken care of uh, and flying them back, of course. Um, all in all, the total cost, Stephen, you want to guess what that number was? Uh, so twenty five thirty was the was the just the the cost for the individual up where they lived. Was it that eighteen thousand? Nope, it was about seven thousand. That's crazy. That's so, crazy. So now now the member ended up not <laughs> taking what we had recommended. Now what? We, for all expenses paid trip to Austin. Well, they found it. They found an option. Who would not want to come? I, to Austin, I mean, that's right? what I was going to say. Like, come a barbecue. I'm going to get some this weekend. I plan tacos, to go to Nickelthwaite. Yeah, abs- absolutely. <laughs> So they found a similar option near where they live. They, mm. sh- they learned in the process how That's to great, shop for healthcare. And so they found something in South Carolina, the very near the board, they, they live quite close. And so instead of hopping on a plane, they just drove 
45 minutes down to this place and had it taken care of. That was a win. And it was good for the sharing community. So one of our things that we're very focused on is to educating and supporting and coaching our members and giving them the tools to make smart healthcare decisions. And one of the things that I've found to be most fascinating in the last several years is the, is the relationship of quality and cost. People think if something costs more, mm-hmm. that it's a higher quality. The reality is that it's inversely proportional. The lower cost place, if you look at their quality scores, many, many times have the higher quality. I love a couple things. I love what you said there. I think you said that um, our members are learning how to shop for healthcare. Uh, and we have to support them in that because they're not used to doing that. And, and honestly, it's more of a headache. If I can be totally honest here, like my my wife is, we're do, we're learning to shop for healthcare right now, right? right? We you know for the last thirty years of my life, I've had health insurance, and you don't have to think about anything. You just show them the card, and you do right. the thing. Um, we're having to make more calls. We're having to spend a little bit more time. But she feels like, and I certainly feel like, we understand what's happening a lot better. Absolutely. Now, Stephen, you, I will very often get the comment, "What's the catch? This yeah. seems a little too good to be true." Yeah. Well, the reality is, like you and your wife are experiencing, you are more involved in healthcare. Sidera, when we share bills and we're we're sending community funds to a member, and then they're paying, you know, they're submitting bills and they're and they're submitting their payments to their providers that they had to use for this for a medical incident. So you are more involved. And so when I did the analysis in our first year, I mentioned this earlier, mm-hmm. when we moved from a great insurance plan mm-hmm. to a sharing community. We saved that fifteen thousand dollars. Well, what was the catch on that? Well, I've probably spent eight to ten more hours over the course of the year on healthcare. Now, divide I've divided my uh, the, the amount that we save by the number of hours. That was worth it, right? But if people are looking for a turnkey like solution where they just throw a card down on the table, joining a share at least our sharing community and several others, that's not the experience they're going to get. For me, people more involved in healthcare rather than less, is how we solve this problem, uh, is one of the major ways we solve this problem for the nation. I mean, it, it, in some ways, it feels like you're you're doing a service for everyone in healthcare because you're teaching all of us how to how to shop. We're teaching all of us how to better understand the costs that exist. Whereas, you know, on my old plan, once I hit my deductible, it was like open market. You know, I, I'm gonna go to every doctor I can, right? Because because okay, so we had our deductible last year with our with our daughter. So I'm gonna go to the gastroenterologist. I've been putting off for a long, the podiatrist. My my plantar fasciitis has been killing, and and I think what we don't realize is that um, by by doing that, we're we're increasing the overall costs of healthcare, right? Which which inevitably is gonna raise premiums. I don't have so much of a problem you getting your issues resolved because I think it's important that we good do. point, good so, point. <laughs> but so but I will say this, you know, my, the first time my wife used Sidera as a member. She calls me up in the car. She says, okay, so what do I do again? <laughs> she had this, I hope she's okay with me saying this story. But We can uh, edit it out. It's okay. Don't worry. Let me get permission. Okay. Uh, but she had this She had this spot on her cheek, right? And she was wanting to to get this uh, taken care of. She, was, she just didn't like it. She wasn't worried about it per se, but it was new. And she was like, yeah. what is this? Uh, so she went to go see um, a dermatologist here in town, and um, they, she walked in as a cash pay buyer of healthcare, which she is as part of a sharing community. And she got a cash discounted price because providers are usually real excited when people come in with a credit card, right? Because yeah. they're paying, getting paid now yeah. versus submitting a claim to an insurance company and waiting 8, 12, 16 weeks later. Um, so usually cash pay providers, cash pay patients are 
are loved, um, not always, but many times with providers. So she walks in, gets in, the doctor comes in and said, oh, that spot, it's nothing to worry about. Would you like it to go away? And she said, yes, of course, um, uh, that would be great. Um, and she said, well, how do we do that? Well, I've got this little vial of cream, put it on for a couple of weeks and it'll go away. And she asked the perfect question. <laughs> and she said, well, what is that little jar gonna cost? I mean, I'm telling you, it's like yeah. bigger, basically oh, yeah. the size of my thumb. <laughs> And she said, and the doctor said, I don't know, let me find out. Doctor comes back in the room and said, it's gonna be $600. <laughs> she said, well, okay, I have $600, but do I have any other options to, to get make yeah. this go away? And she said, well, we could just kind of burn it off right here and take five seconds and a uh, little, little pain, um, but momentarily, but then in a few days, it'll just flake off. And she's like, well, that sounds pretty good. What would that cost? And she said, oh, about $60, $70. <laughs> So she said, how about we go with that option, yeah. right? So we, we, in that example, she was a good, she was a smart buyer of healthcare. Um, you know, if, have you ever heard of the app? A lot of our members use an, an app that we have no financial relationship with today called GoodRx. I, I'm a user, yeah. And so you go and you get your prescription. You know, I, I, I'm on an acid, con I can talk about my healthcare. Yeah, I know, right. I'm on an acid controller. Yeah. Uh, that I take I take every day. And, and I walked in as a cash pay buyer into a large, box, uh, you know, pharmacy. So what's the 30 day cost for this? And he said, oh, it was $180. Well, I sent a note to my team from the phone, just what, like just like any other member, because I did it as a test and said, yeah. hey guys, can you all shop for this for me and what can you get it for? They had some, within a few hours, I heard back and said, well, we can get it for $40 instead of 170 here and, or just give them this coupon code. You download the GoodRx app, and it was like $30 there or for, it was right right in line, $40. So there's teaching people to get the healthcare they need in a way that is cost effective is over 50% of the job. I love that story because I had the same experience. So I have hypertension. I've had it since I was 15. It's annoying, but I've gone all the tests and the, I went to the, you know, the medical center in Houston and they can't figure out why. They're like, sorry, you gotta take medicine, fine. I've been taking medicine for a long time uh, with insurance i won't name the insurer but with our insurance prior uh, i think i was paying like 30 bucks a month or so for my two medications around hypertension uh switch to sedera got the goodrex app uh we found out that if we went to walmart it was it was like ten dollars for a 90-day supply <laughs> i mean and and then it even said on the app it was like uh, present this coupon but if you presented the coupon, it, it, it actually increased the cost than if you just went to Walmart and you got it at that discounted rate. I, I just couldn't believe that it was actually cheaper to to pay in that manner using an app like this than with a major insurer or even with a coupon or a rebate. Yeah, blows my mind. Uh, I, we could, again, I take another I hour I of examples. <laughs> I mean, I, I've got, well, I'll tell you one more. A member yeah. who said he was tired of paying for strep tests. Now, I'm not going to advocate for this because yeah, yeah. there's a reason to... To go I had see the doctor. a lot as a kid. I remember that. Oh gosh! But this one member said, um, "You know what? I'm gonna. There are times where I need to go see the doctor, but sometimes it's really nice to be able to run a rapid stress test, a strep test at yeah. home. Yeah. And so instead of paying forty or sixty dollars to go to the doctor for the test alone, nothing to do with the yeah. office visit, he bought a thirty-two pack of strep tests <laughs> for thirty-five dollars on Amazon and learned how to run it himself. Now." You know, uh, no, appropriate disclaimer. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. needs to be said that that doesn't make sense for for everyone. But teaching people yeah. to be smarter shoppers of healthcare 
we think is again over 50% of the solution. Yeah. No, I think it's true. I think it's a win for all of us. And and I mean ultimately it 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 saves everybody time and money. Okay, so I don't want this to be only a infomercial for health sharing. We talked about that. Um let's let's just answer maybe a couple of the the negatives that come up from that. Um have sure. a little bit of conversation on that and then we'll wrap this thing up. Um so as I mentioned, I Googled it as a, as a good person would. Um, and when I Googled it, there was an article that came up on the first page of Google by uh, 20somethingfinance.com, which, which I thought was kind of a funny name for a website, but I bet they get a lot of hits. Uh, and it, and it, it pointed out quite a few of the negatives on health sharing. And so let's just talk through some of those and maybe you can help us understand how those work. Um, so one of them was a per incident, per incident and lifetime cap. So is that something that health sharing has or does not? Some of the sharing organizations out there do have a cap. Uh, today, Sidera has no cap on mm-hmm. sharing. So if someone has a need, it's going to be fully shareable with the community. But again, it's sharing. There isn't a policy yeah. or a guarantee. Yeah. And if you're an insurance person, you understand the, you, the concept of a stop loss or something yeah. like that. There isn't of that. It's just people who've come together. Yes, we're going to try to negotiate those bills to make sure that the community gets a fair price before the bills are shared. But we can say to a member, there is no cap on what you can share with the community. So at least for us and for a few others in the in the mm-hmm. in the um, sharing world, there aren't any caps. When you just there's some that do though. Some do. That's a good point. You just mentioned negotiation. Another point that they include in this article um, is that you're on your own on negotiations with healthcare providers. Is that true? Uh, we have members who like to negotiate and are very good at it. Um, we've got a team of folks that work to make sure that the re- that handle the negotiation for our cash pay buyers of healthcare. And so some people are super excited to do that themselves. Some of them want us to get involved or, you know, and and handle that for them. We're happy to do it either way. So we offer those capabilities. It's we sort of feel like that's if we're going to help control costs for our membership, we have to have those yeah. capabilities. Yeah, I think it's almost I won't say a requirement, but it's a it's a it's a big value add. Yeah. Um Okay, uh, another one I had to I had to look up further to really understand, but no premium tax credits or cost sharing reduction. So that really I think goes to like some of the exchange plans where you can get credits to cover your cost. How, how yeah. does that? Yeah, I mean, if you can find an insurance plan on the on the exchanges on you know at healthcare.gov and you're getting a good subsidy, you should seriously look at that. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I'm I'm not sitting sitting here and saying that insurance isn't a good option. It's yeah. a really really good option for yeah. a lot of people. Um, but it, but there are so many people that don't get those tax credits, or they're not substantial enough, um, and they're or they're or they get the tax credits, but they're seeing a five or six thousand dollar deductible. Um, you know that's that you know it, that's it's absolutely true that sharing when you sign up for a sharing uh, membership subscription, um, you are not eligible for any of those tax credits from the government. So going off of that one, another complaint that I think is related was there. There is no compliance with the ACA's you know rating rules. I mean, how how does that play here? And and, and is that really a negative? I mean, I could see how some people might think that, but you know, in uh, December, at the end of two, December of two thousand eighteen, the individual mandate mm-hmm. um, expired. And well, I shouldn't say expired. The penalty for not complying with the individual yeah. mandate went to zero dollars. Um, so as far as uh, so when it comes to an individual or a small business, there isn't a fine for being out of compliance. And so sharing sharing organization like ours 
uh, doesn't meet the individual mandate or the employer mandate, right? And that's by we do, yeah. do that by design, and that's a long conversation we don't have time to go into today. But our members that join and are the small businesses that join, they don't have any penalty impact. For a large business, it's over 50 FTEs. Um, the employer, what's called the employer mandate, does still come into effect. Um, but that's where we work with, you know, those can be dealt with as well. It is a little bit more complicated. And sharing memberships would uh, work for those types of groups as well in, in some, at least some cases, if not many. But we'll, again, what we really focus on and what really the sharing organizations are focused on is really individuals and in some cases, small businesses. So uh, this was one I thought that 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 struck me. Um, you know, I, I've had an HSA since they offered them, probably since I was able to get one through my old employer. Um, and I am a fan of HSAs. I think that they're they're valuable, right? That I, I love the way they were built. Um, so one of the complaints in this article was that they're not HSA uh, contribution compatible. So that's true, but maybe you could talk a little bit about what that what that it, looks like. It's absolutely true um, because they are not considered sharing is not considered a benefit. Um, and it doesn't have a quote-unquote high deductible. It's, those are two of the reasons why it's not eligible to be used with a health savings account. You can't make new contributions to an HSA. You can yeah. still use existing funds That's on a good an HSA, yeah. just to be clear. Yeah. Um, it is. It's a, it's a disadvantage. Maybe the law will change at some point down the road. We'll see. Um, my counter to that will say, well, look, for me personally, when I went from $1,700 a month um, to $700 a month in savings, sorry, from $1,700 yeah, yeah. a month for a premium to $700 in a membership fee, that's $1,000 in savings per month for healthcare. Um, and I went from a $5,000 per family member deductible to something much, much lower um, on a per incident basis. Um, that's if you were to tell me I could have that or an HSA, yeah. I take that thousand dollars every time. Absolutely. So, but I, I do wish I'm a big fan of HSAs. It empowers people to buy healthcare. Hopefully, at some point, the sharing organizations can uh, get to have <laughs> to use them as well. Yeah. No. No. I'm with you on that one. Um, well, let's do one last one, um, and then we can kind of wrap this thing up. So, so uh, the faith-based element of of sharing. I think you mentioned that a bit earlier. Um, that, that's where it, where it comes out of. But I think that this is one where Sidera is a little bit different. Um, some people do have complaints. And when I've had conversations with people about health sharing, they're like, oh, yeah, that's that thing where like you have to be a Christian or something. Um, but that's not always true, right? You're correct. I mean, the, the, the sharing, today's sharing community started in the Christian community. Yeah. Um, there were the first one, I think, was started in 1981. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you've got to understand where I come from, Stephen. I'm a huge fan of the sharing organizations, whether they're a ministry or not. Absolutely. Right? I'm a fan of the industry as another, again, we, I'm beating this point to death, <laughs> of another option for people to consider. As am I. Yeah. yeah and, and so, um, but many of them have started with that, uh, they've started with that faith component. Uh, for us, uh, we feel like to participate in a sharing community should have nothing to do with whether of someone's beliefs, right? Um, it would be the equivalent of somebody with a who is a, a, a St. XYZ hospital saying, oh, checking to see if you're a Christian yeah. before being cared for at the hospital. Now that's a dramatic example. Mm-hmm. I mean, exaggeration of a point, but t- for us, we think if people want to are looking for a solution for their health care, for them to be able to participate in our community shouldn't be a matter of faith. And that everyone 
should be able to consider joining. Now, look, we have rules and yeah. we have a guidelines people yeah. have to agree to, right? So we, I would say our, what do you have to believe in? You have to believe in healthy lifestyle matters. Yeah. When you to be part of the Sidera sharing community. Um, that things like that healthy living and mm-hmm. what you eat and exercise all matters, that you're signing off and say, yes, we understand that that's important, but we don't think it should be a matter of faith. Yeah, I, I think I agree with everything you just said. And I think, as you've said multiple times, it's all about options, right? right. Some people, that's what they're going to want. And, it's, and, and they're great options. And I'm not criticizing the ministries at all. They're wonderful organizations. Absolutely. And I, I, I'm in the same boat. I have many, many friends personally here in Austin, family members, et cetera, who are a part of the health care sharing ministries, right. which makes total sense. Um, but it's worked so well for them. Yeah. Let's make it available to everyone. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I love that as well. And that's that's why I'm a fan of, of what you guys are doing and ultimately why I'm a member right now. Okay. Well, I appreciate you answering some of the harder questions and, and talking through that. And I think... Um, that's know, my I, job. I know. As we were talking, I actually thought this is a uh, this is a podcast I'm going to have to refer friends to when I want to tell them about health sharing and, and not have the long conversation. Just listen to the conversation that Jamie and I had. had. Okay. To sum it up, um, I think if I were to sum this conversation up, I'd say, you know, uh, health sharing is, is an option that's out there. Uh, in addition to the many that already exist, it's a great option for many. It's not for everybody. There are pros and cons. Um, do your research uh, to move forward. Anything else you'd add before we wrap? No, I think you. the most important point you made at the end is, is the, the point you made at the end is yep, the most important, yep, yep. which is do your research, do your research. right? It, it, yeah. Learn what it is, what it's not um, before, regardless of whether it's ours or another one yeah. of, of the sharing communities that are out there. Some are better fits for, you know, depending on the person, they, everyone's t- these sharing organizations have all gone about it in a slightly different way. And so the good news is you have different flavors of it out there that might one might work better for an individual rather than another. Awesome. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, uh, Jamie. Let's, let's wrap this with a recommendation, which we like to do, uh, of either a great book, a podcast, an article, whatever that may be. So, so I'll go first, and then I'll let you, let you end us. Um, for me, I've recently been reading and listening to the podcast uh, called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. It's really interesting. I- I've personally been a fan of Donald Miller since he wrote you know, Blue Light Jazz and some of his earlier books, but um, he's kind of shifted now his focus and he's he's all about telling a good story. And he, he looks at it from a company's perspective and from a brand perspective, which, which I have found um, to be very valuable, especially as a director of marketing. But um, I think anyone would like, my wife's annoyed with me because I keep ruining movies for her now. Last night we were watching a show and I was like, oh, this is the character. Look, they're, they're giving the problem. And, but, um, but a really good <laughs> book and podcast, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. What about you? Well, I, I'll just comment on this. I've re- I've seen the video mm-hmm. of, from Donald Miller doing his presentation, and so it's on my to do list of, yeah. of digging in more because I agree with you. I think it's phenomenal what they yeah. what they talk about there. For me, and this is me kind of spinning my propeller around healthcare, and it's um, Next Gen Healthcare is the name of the book, uh, and every chapter a different benefits advisor is is talking about how they're solving healthcare. And it's, you know, we've talked about some of the things on this podcast about some of the problems and some of the solutions that are out there. That's going to be in an, an insurance world. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it talks about the disincentives and, again, what, what you're, how you're solving that, especially for large employers. Um, and I just, I, if you want to learn more about what people are doing, especially for large employers to solve the healthcare space, um, I, I think it'd be a great book to pick up. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Jamie, for joining us. It's been fun. I appreciate the time. Stephen, thank you. This has been great. All right.